Hello, friends. Kirk Henderson and Josh Bo joining you for another episode of Mavs Moneyball After Dark. We're coming to you right before 3 p.m., so it's not even remotely dark, on Sunday, April 3rd, following a really fantastic um, Dallas Mavericks victory over the Milwaukee Bucks. I think it was 118 to 112. Josh, how are you doing? Doing pretty good. Um, I don't know if we talked about this in our podcast, but I mean, I think the only thing that makes sense about these Mavericks is that what happened in the last less than 48 hours happened, right? Like this yeah. is the, this is the team. They get destroyed by a bad Washington team and then they come back and have one of their best wins of the season against one of the best teams in the league. Yes. And, and, you know, for, for, for just so everybody understands, Maxi Kleba got ruled out of this game about an hour beforehand and Maxi Kleba is a good defender. Maxi Kleba guarded Giannis Attentacumpo, you know, MVP candidate pretty well over the years. And the Mavericks opted to roll with Dorian Finney-Smith on on um, Giannis and threw soft doubles at him a ton, a ton. And just, they didn't neutralize him because the Bucs run weird offense sometimes, I think, where they get, you know, they did a lot of like letting Chris Middleton isolate and he was just not having a good game. Mm-hmm. And the Mavericks just really, I don't want to say they stole one because that takes away from how well they played. But this was a game, by all accounts, they should not have won. And they controlled a significant portion of this game, like a really thorough victory. Yeah, I mean, after the first quarter, it was all Mavs. Uh, and really, it felt like, you know, Josh Green and Marquise Chris played some some minutes in the first quarter and parts of the second, and the Mavericks got outplayed thoroughly in those minutes you know no disrespect to those two players but you know just you know the Bucks are a really good team and, and it's hard to kind of find time for your end of the you know your end of the rotation guys against really good teams and when the Mavericks stopped playing those guys otherwise I mean I think they outplayed Milwaukee for the most part I mean Chris and Green combined for 14 minutes and the Mavericks were minus uh 15 in those 14 minutes and I think most of those came in the first half so mm-hmm. Uh, outside of those minutes, the Mavericks were pretty pretty damn good, I think. Uh, so I think it really, you know, the score, it being a six-point game, maybe undersells how well the Mavericks played for, for most of this game, I think. Uh, that sounds really bizarre to say, but, I mean, they outscored the Bucks in the second, third, and fourth quarter in Milwaukee. I mean, they played – I mean, this was like a top to down from like your top – six or seven guys like i thought it was a remarkable performance from from like the guys that that matter well and and they came in waves too like spencer dinwiddie helped keep the mavericks in things in the first half hitting three step back threes that were really i don't ever want to say his shots are bad shots but i'm they look so weird to me he just has kind of a distinct kind of sidestep form where it's looking at it's like no, no, no. And then it just drops to the bottom of the net for me. It's it's very odd, like the experience I'm describing. And then he just didn't play in the second half um, because Spencer or uh, Jalen Brunson was having a, a very, a very mixed, interesting game, but a spectacular defensive game. Um, I thought he had a spectacular defensive game anyways. And then you get performances, you know, Dwight Powell, who he you know, we should probably should have led with him, honestly. 22 points, yeah. 13 rebounds, the most rebounds he's had in a game in like four years. And honestly, the kind of game where, you know, the, the internet has been abuzz about Rudy Gobert possibly being available in the offseason if the Jazz have to like blow things up. 
Um, but it's it was one of these games where he just he just showed why he has become an outstanding partner for Luca. He knows where to be. You talk about this better than I can because I think you physically did it more than I did when we played basketball. But he <laughs> has mastered some of the sp- specific elements of being a role man with a dominant ball handler in a way that I just have a hard time describing. Like he's just in the right place a lot. And that's yeah. just really, really great game. Yeah, you have to be a high IQ player to do that consistently well because it's not just set a screen and go. It's well, first off, you have to be able to set the screen, which is not mm-hmm. something that every NBA big man uh, has right now. Uh, right. As I've seen. So he's good at that. So that's that's step number one. Be a good screener. He's a good screener. Um, and then the second part is you have to be able to read the floor in a way. Not necessarily as well as like a point guard does, but you can't just screen and then immediately dive into, into the rim. Like you, you have to mix it up. You have to fall. You know, you have to understand the cadence of your ball handler, which he does with Luca, And you have to make your make your run at the right time and find the openings in the defense. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that's what make, makes Powell so great at this is that he just understands that there's kind of a ebb and flow to the pick and roll. And it's not just a, you know, one speed the whole time like he kind of mixes it up like he's not he's not always running hard at the rim 100% of the time every time you know he'll set the screen and wait for maybe Luca to get around it and he'll see how the defense reacts and then he darts in or maybe he'll he'll do a a short roll if he if the if the back line is uh is well stocked and and rotated over and then he'll make a play from the free throw line which is you know he don't don't confuse him for Draymond Green but his passing has been pretty decent uh out of that a lot of guys freeze up yeah, like, people he has like, confidence and assertiveness that, yeah. Now, yeah, like you said, guys freeze up. So the, uh, the, it was interesting to me in that short. Just you got me thinking about that that short roll spot. The Mavericks tried a couple of different dudes there, and to some mixed reactions. But I thought it was really fun because like Dorian got to play a little five. Josh mm-hmm. Green got to play a little five. Yeah. The Mavs did some kind of weird stuff today because Marquise Chris is isn't like when it when it's smart. Hmm, Gotta think how to free. No, I'm just gonna say it. When it's really good teams like Marquise Chris can't be playing. He's just unplayable. He makes yeah. too many mistakes. And so they got they got really creative and it was it was effective. Yeah, this was a good this was a good reminder of like, you know, I, I think we've even mentioned it. We've hypothesized it. And you know, with Maxi's shooting slump, there's been a call for like, hey, just give Marquise Chris a shot. Um, and I think you know, these minutes he's been getting lately. I mean, I mean, it's not necessarily fair to, to judge him off of three minutes, but I mean, he's got a whole career of, of playing like this. And it just goes to show that even when Maxi can shoot, you know, negative a million percent from three, I mean, he's still giving the team something on the defensive end. And you saw that with Chris when he got in. I mean, he had a horrible defensive play right off the bat uh, and gave up an and one layup. And he, I think that's when he went, I think he went away and well, he, like, he back looked at the that. ref. Like, what do you yeah. mean? That was a foul. And it was like, of course this is a foul. You pushed Drew Holiday in the back. Yeah. So that's kind of the reason why. Um, but yeah, I mean, just can't say enough about pal. Uh, there's something about, I mean, there's just like, I, I, I talk about how there need, there's like an ebb and flow in the pick and roll. But outside of that, he is 100% Energizer Bunny, does not stop moving type of guy. And in the NBA, I feel like every team needs at least one guy that does that. That's like part of your major rotation because NBA seasons are long. It's understandable that there are some nights where you just don't have it. I mean, 
just think about your normal like work life and when you come in on a monday or tuesday and you're like man i don't feel like doing crap today which is just like human nature when you know when you're doing something the same thing over and over again over multiple days uh and pal seemingly like doesn't have those days i just it just rarely happens and even when he doesn't get a rebound he makes the he makes securing the defensive rebound more difficult on possessions where like maybe instead of the bucks getting a fast you know i don't have a specific example to point out but like maybe instead of the bucks getting like a a clean fast break he's bouncing or tapping the ball around and the bucks have to kind of work to control it and then they have to walk the ball up the floor and the mavericks are a much better defensive team i think in the half court so uh you know just stuff like that like i just love that uh and there's not a lot of guys in the league that can do that you know over the course of like 25 minutes a night playing every single game that he plays uh but pal does it and you know, that's another fun part of, about his game. And I think another reason why he was good tonight or today, it's not, it's not the evening. It's a noon game. <laughs> Keep forgetting that. I just got a lot of like, like interesting contributions from people at the yeah. right spot. You know, I, Josh Green's offense was, he, he was one of two from three. And then he, he hit what was nearly a buzzer beating three at the end of the third quarter. I really just, you know, I kick Josh Green a lot. I don't particularly like his play just you know i know he can be a positive contribute contributor and i think he maybe will at some point but he just doesn't have to worry frustrates me but uh, you know tonight like watching his shooting form just kind of the willingness to catch and shoot three times from three is that they just they need that in those 10 minutes that he's gonna play and I, I was i was glad to see it his defense really left a lot to be desired but that's okay you know some nights you're just not gonna have it and you know, just thinking i'm just kind of going through looking at guys who contributed you know Dallas Bertans hit hit two of five from three, and he, I just, he's just going to have one of these games. I don't know when it's going to be. I don't know if it's actually going to be a game that matters, but he's going to have like a twenty five point game off the bench at some point, just because the shots he gets. I mean, <laughs> he is fine taking a forty footer, and they look pure. It's just sometimes they hit too hard, you know. I thought this was going to be that game because he made his first two, and then the, mm-hmm. I think his misses were. I mean, he doesn't. I mean. I think when he first got to the maps, he was definitely taking some shots. We're like, ooh, 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 maybe slow down there. But he, all five of his threes were like really nice shots. So um, I thought it was going to be tonight, but it wasn't. But still helpful. He see he held up defensively too in his 17 minutes. He had five rebounds, which was uh, wild. Didn't get killed. Yeah, the Bucks did not take advantage of him on the defensive end, which is a giant win. The yeah. Mavs. Yeah, and you know, you, you go through, you look at like the rest of the, the starters. Luca was just. Luka did not have a particularly great first half. He had a lot of assists, which is is really a testament to him and the movement of the ball. Like the Mavericks had, and and this is just Mavericks had one of like the best shooting performances in the league this year. Uh, you, know, you look at the stats, you're like, okay, what do you mean by that? Well, they were they hit 24 of 27 free throws, and they hit 16 of 38 threes. Like. <laughs> Yep. And they were great. They They were were great on twos. They were great at the rim. They were great on twos. So it's like, I, I, Matt Moore sent me this during the game. They were, this was an 88 percentile field goal making game for the Mavericks. So it's like, this is just that you you got, you're going to have games like this. And we've seen the Mavericks being able to not hit the broad side of a barn and they just really punished. um, They just really, really punished the, the, uh, the Bucks. The Bucks let teams shoot a lot of threes. Like they, it's just it's very interesting. My strategy might have been to let, like, they were sending, like, three guys at Luka at some points. And I, maybe that's just instinct. 
But it, it, was, it was some of the passes he's getting off. It's just like, oh my gosh, like how is that guy that open? And you know, credit to the teammates, they all knocked down the shots. Yeah, I mean, this is kind of the game. I mean, Luca, like, I can't believe it took us this long to talk about Luca because I feel like this was one of his classic games, despite mm-hmm. uh, not shooting the ball particularly well. Uh, it, it feels like the passing games are the ones that really get me juiced up, uh, and this was one of his best passing games of the season. But it's also kind of funny because this is the kind of game I feel like proves that like <laughs> Luca could average like 15 assists every single game <laughs> uh, if the Maverick if his teammates could hit shots every single game. And of course, mm. like even no no NBA player is going to make all their shots every single game. So it's not necessarily an indictment on his teammates, but it's just I mean he creates these open looks almost every night, and it just goes to show. Hey, what would happen if the team made most of the open shots? Well, this is what happens. He he has 15 assists, and you beat one of the best teams in the NBA on the road uh, by multiple possessions. Like, that's mm-hmm. what happens. Uh, I mean, Bullock, Finney Smith, Powell, Brunson even. I mean, all of those guys were tremendous uh, playing off of Luka. And I know Finney Smith only was one of six, but I think he did pretty well with some of the space provided. He had six assists, which – must be career high or close to a career high. So he kept the ball moving. Bullock was making shots. Uh, I mean, they couldn't stop the 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 Powell Donchers pick and roll. Brunson made three threes, which is huge. He took six, which is really great. He even had a nice. I don't know if he caught it. I can't remember when it when it happened, but he had a nice pump, uh, pump fake in the corner. And then instead of stepping in and taking a long two, he did the sidestep yeah. three, which is like, man, if he does that consistently, he is going to more than make up, more than earn uh, the big payday he's going to get because that's going to really take his game to the next level. Because really, Brunson struggled uh, a little bit inside the the arc, yes. and that's okay. You know, well, you he was isolating. Yeah, he was he was freaking isolating Drew Holiday yeah. and. See like, what do we like? There was there was a little too much Brunson going on in the second quarter and at parts of the fourth quarter and it's it's or not fourth the third quarter whenever they were losing that drive. Um, yeah, and things happen. You know, you're, right. you're not going to be able to play a hundred percent every every position. It's just Brunson's just really good, and sometimes he does things which confuse us because he makes it's like he makes things more difficult for himself. Because it's like he he'll over shimmy, over dribble stuff that's that sort of thing, and you know when he just like plays really simple basketball, like he had one driving left-handed scoop layup that was just gorgeous because he committed. Yeah, and that's like the point I'm trying to make is you know it's he's really great, and expecting him to shoot fifty percent uh, from mid range like every single <laughs> night is is really difficult. So the fact that he can you know he's gonna have nights where he struggles inside the three point line just due to the nature of a long NBA season and and running into longer defenders and, and running into good defenses. But if he can just consistently keep shooting and making threes, like on another night, this could have been, you know, Brunson could have had like eight points uh, yep. if he didn't shoot as many, you know, if he only shot one or two threes, which he's done that some games where he just doesn't shoot threes and he, and he, and he struggles inside the line. But now because he, he went three of six from three, despite the fact that he really couldn't make anything, inside the three-point line, he still finished with 15 points on 12 shots. And you're like, okay, he played an okay game and like helped win a game against a great team. And that's why I keep harping on the three-pointer is the next step for him because it's going to allow him to contribute in these games where he can't be as efficient as possible inside the three-point line. Yep. Yep. Man, they just had a lot of things working tonight. It's really yeah, great to did. see. It's great mm-hmm. to feel. Um, I, I was not expecting this. Um, I sort of kind of – 
you wake up, it's a noon game. You see Max Kleba's out. It was just sort of kind of channeling um, that they weren't going to have. You know, if if the Bucks would have curb stomped them, I think we would have been irritated. But instead, they came in and just kicked the Bucks in the teeth. I mean, the the opening minutes of that game looked like, oh no, this, yes. this is going to be bad. Mm-hmm. And then they just settled down and grounded out, and they played significantly better defense the rest of the way. I mean, the fourth quarter, the last two minutes don't like the final score doesn't indicate this, but the Mavericks were this was a double digit win. You know, they 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 got a little sloppy with things in the in the final minutes, but they, I mean, they they held the Bucks to to twenty two points in the third quarter, and really up until and just I'm just going to do the play by play here because this was kind of I need to see this for the fourth quarter. It was they hadn't scored. they'd only scored like 20, like, like like 20 points. Like they, the Mavericks really had like, just did a lockdown defense for a significant portion of the quarter and, and of the fourth. And then, you know, as they started blitzing, which honestly just, you know, maybe the Bucks should press more often just as a team, like they're horrifying when they start moving around like that. Um, But the, this is a great win, just thorough, real thorough. And now they get two days off to not do stuff. Yeah. Which is great. Uh, the Bucks in the fourth quarter shot one of eight uh, in the paint, but outside of the restricted area. Uh, by far the most area, the most shots from a single area on the floor. They had uh, four corner threes. They had three shots at the rim. They had two shots mid range, and they had five shots above the break three. So uh, those paint shots that are, you know shots in the paint but not at the rim are usually decent shots to give up because that usually means you're forcing a a player to take a contested like 12 footer which is like you know i mean some nba players are like really good at that and and that's not great but i I think you'd rather them take that instead of dunks and layups or or open threes so i think the mavericks did a good job chasing milwaukee off the three-point line and then contesting and compacting in the paint and then for whatever reason uh, Middleton could not shoot over Brunson. Like they, I could not believe the Mavericks kept putting Brunson on Middleton. And Middleton, like, I mean, there's, there's at a certain point, there's nothing Brunson can really do. Like if Middleton's just shooting over him, they just didn't go. Yeah, they just didn't go. So credit to Brunson for at least holding his ground. But on the other side of it, like, I just could not believe Middleton was not punishing that matchup more. He just kept missing shots he normally makes. So, but you yep. take, you take it. You know, you take it, and you, and you, you run away with the win. That's right. So schedule-wise, um, well, I'm not sure what we're going to be doing because we have the, the Mavericks don't play until Wednesday night. Uh, maybe I'll look to see if I can get somebody on to kind of look ahead at some of these playoff matchups. But honestly, we might not know who the Mavericks are playing in the playoffs until the last day of the regular season. I mean, there's <laughs> just the, – the, the, let's look at the standings real quick and then we'll get out of Dodge here. But, but the, you know, the Nuggets are currently losing to the Lakers, LOL. Um, so it's like the, the Suns and Grizzlies basically have this locked up. Then it's the Mavericks and the Warriors. Uh, you know, the Mavericks are a half game behind the Warriors. And the Warriors, I think, play a, uh, play a you know, you, the, them they play Sacramento, they play the Lakers, they play San Antonio, and they play New Orleans. And those three final teams are all trying to make the play-in versus the Mavericks who play the um, Detroit, Portland, and the Spurs. Uh, and I think the Mavericks will be motivated to beat the Spurs in the last day of the regular season because they've never swept the Spurs ever in the entire, like in the entirety of their existence. So there's, 
you know, the Mavericks should, you know, they should notch two wins over the the Pistons and the and the Blazers. And and it's just we're just gonna be like watching all this stuff down on the wire. I think it's great. I mean, they could play the Jazz, they could play the Nuggets. That's that's really it's gonna be the these the three through six spots are just one variation of who's winning on a given night. It's it's fascinating. Yep, and the Mavericks at 49 wins, so uh, one more win in these last three, and they get to 50 wins for the first time since 2015. Wow, that's crazy. Mm-hmm. Man. Well, okay, we'll be back in, you know, a couple of days. Uh, <laughs> well, maybe, we'll, maybe we'll hop on if there's something we want to talk about. I think all of us are just kind of chasing the end of the regular season. So, <laughs> Ain't that the truth? Yeah. All right, Josh, you go have a nice Sunday. I'm going to try to do the same. I apologize if there's any background noise. My six-year-old is in the other room, and he does not seem to understand the word to be quiet, which who would when you're six? So sorry about <laughs> that if you pick anything up. Uh, Kirk Henderson and Josh Bob, Mavs Moneyball After Dark. You'll get the green room posted tomorrow at about um, lunchtime, and then we will see what we're going to do in between before the Detroit game. Uh, have a good week, guys. <laughs>